Greetings and welcome to Unsupervised Learning. I'm Daniel Meisler, and this is a weekly show that brings you the most interesting content in InfoSec, technology, and humans. The idea is to curate around three to five hours of weekly reading into a 15 to 30 minute summary. The goal is to have you caught up on current events, tell you about the best content from around the web, and hopefully give you something to think about as well. You can get the companion newsletter with all the show notes and links at danielmesor.com newsletter. All right, welcome to episode 79. Getting started with the InfoSec news. So some of the most interesting analysis on WannaCry is actually around why it didn't make more money. Evidently, it's only made around 100 grand, and this was late last week. So, But even 100 grand, very low number compared to how many systems it infected, which a lot of people are throwing around numbers of around three to 400,000. I had an early guess that it was probably because of like the payment infrastructure not being solid. And it looks like there's some evidence to support that, which I put in the link here. Trump evidently leaked some highly confidential information, which has been talked about quite a bit in the media. Basically, it turned out to be Israeli intelligence that was leaked. It's kind of old news at this point. Uh, attackers compromised a non-core DocuSign system, which had actual customer emails on it and sent a DocuSign phishing email to those users, which is particularly nasty because those users are actual DocuSign customers and thus they were expecting emails from DocuSign. So that made the phishing campaign really effective. A United Airlines flight attendant accidentally leaked the cockpit access codes onto a public website. WannaCry was not the only malware campaign using NSA exploits. At least one and maybe a, a few were actually using the same exploits and even more uh, far earlier than WannaCry. The people who hacked FlexisSpy, which is often ca uh, called spouseware because it's frequently used to spy on spouses, basically, uh, they've revealed how they broke into and pilfered the network. Uh, they, they basically did it because they claimed the company was evil because it spied on people and it deserved to be outed and destroyed. And FlexiSpy actually came back and was like, oh, merely a flesh wound. Basically said it wasn't that bad of a hack, which uh, doesn't look to be the case from the evidence. The extortion attempt failed for the Pirates of the Caribbean movie. So the torrents have been released to the public. Um, my take on this is that it probably, the torrent release probably increased its market penetration significantly. I'm not sure who's going to go see the movie otherwise. Delta is introducing self-service bag drop stations that use facial recognition to match the person to their passport. I think this is a great idea because it's definitely not possible to trick facial recognition. How China attacked CIA operations within its own borders. This is a fascinating story about how um, the Chinese intelligence agencies basically went directly after CIA and shut down their operations, killed a bunch of operatives, pretty hardcore stuff. BlackBerry, Land Rover, and Aston Martin are working on a software 
project to prevent car hacking. I imagine BlackBerry has to do something. And WordPress has started a public bug bounty program with HackerOne. I think they've already had a private program going, but they said that the spin up to the public one has been significant uh, because of the number of submissions. Tech news, the Marines are practicing attacking beaches using surveillance drones, <laughs> robots, like massive robots with massive weapons on them, and drones that actually attack in kamikaze style. And one of the admirals said if the first thing to hit a beach is a Marine, that they've failed. Google has created its own AI chip and is making this new AI platform available through cloud computing, which was announced at Google I.O., Elon Musk is looking to change transportation in yet another way, this, this time by drilling holes in the ground to create a series of tunnels that transport vehicles in three dimensions on high-speed sleds. So basically, it's like this flat sled. The car drives onto it. It locks it on. And then the, the sled like drops into the ground. And now you're underground. The company's called Boring Company. Um, boring as in boring a hole in the ground. Definitely not boring from a excitement standpoint. But once you're underground, it kind of uh, slides side to side. Um, you know, it can move left, right, up, down. Up, down is in higher towards the sky, lower towards the core. Uh, so it's like three-dimensional like maze underground that could take you to different cities and stuff. And then when you get to where you need to go, it lifts you back to the surface. You are now on the street and you just drive off the sled and you're just driving. So pretty crazy concept. Love what Elon Musk is doing there in terms of innovation. IBM is calling back its remote workers and requiring them to come into the office. I feel like every few years, the whole industry kind of changes its mind on this. Um, I, I can't wait till we figure out that open cubes are a bad idea. Open floor plans. I feel like that's another switch back and forth, just like client server, mainframe, thick client, that sort of push and pull that happens every few years. WeChat is about to get search, which could drastically change China's internet. Ethereum crossed 150. I think it crossed like 160 or 170. I haven't looked today. And Bitcoin crossed 2000. And I think it actually went up like 2200 or something. So cryptocurrencies are just blowing up right now. HPE released information about a new prototype computer called The Machine that's specifically built for handling big data. And it's got like 160 terabytes of memory on board. Pretty cool stuff coming out of HPE. My thoughts on this are like, what are these big companies are going to do? IBM, HP, Cisco, Dell, I mean, they're all different, but let's take IBM and HP. Well, the hardware is going away, right? The, the data center is going away. So that's going to cloud. They don't really have cloud offerings because that's Amazon and Google and Azure. So, I mean, IBM had the consulting piece, but I feel like the consultancies and boutique consultancies are better for that. So they're not going to be in hardware. They're not going to be in consulting feel like the only thing they could do is R&D. And now IBM already went this direction with Watson. 
and similar things. And HPE is doing this uh, new, you know, big data machine type thing. But I feel like that's the only pure play for them. And like all their employees, like go to the R&D group or it could be bad. Um, I just don't see another long-term outcome for these massive companies because of the cloud, uh, the, the motion and movement to the cloud. But if anyone can think of something else, let me know. Google Cloud launched a new IoT service called IoT Core, which handles the managing of devices and the data generated by those devices. Apple is supposedly announcing a new MacBook upgrades at uh, WWDC, which is like very beginning of June, I think maybe June 6 or something like that. And that includes possible MacBook Pro upgrades, which would be super awesome if I could get in on that. I'd love to go to 32 gigabytes of memory. And if they put out a MacBook Pro with 32 gigs, I'm definitely upgrading. Google's about to launch a job search engine in the US. IBM is getting more serious about quantum computing. Again, this goes back to that R&D play because there aren't any other plays. Amazon is putting out inexpensive 4K TVs with fire functionality built in. And Amazon Fire was like their, I can't remember exactly what the functionality was, but it was like a Apple TV type deal, I believe. I get the idea, but I would rather have individual components. So I'd rather have Apple TV be completely separate from my display. I'd rather that my display is completely independent. I don't use those smart apps on there because the apps are always better on the pure play app system like Apple TV. So I feel like this is Unix philosophy, right? Do one thing, do it well, and then link those things together to create good experiences. So I, I want that for home media and actually for home automation and home IoT as well. I don't want an all-in-one monolithic device. I'd rather have independent devices all within the same ecosystem that do their own thing and connect with the others. DJI has launched an Apple TV application so people can watch drone footage. I need to install that and check that out. Um, although I could just watch Viz's feed and just be happy with that. Nintendo is going to launch a mobile version of the Legend of Zelda. That sounds compelling. Watts is a home battery similar to Tesla's Powerwall. It's called Watts, W-A-T-T-S. Good name. So these things are, they're built in Russia. They're stackable like Legos and you can use them obviously to store energy and you can also sell it back to the grid based on where you live. Human news, average graduate in the United States works in sales. This is a college graduate and the, the average person graduating college works in sales and makes around 40 grand per year. It's horribly depressing to hear that. Scientists in China are using distant stars as random number generators and are hoping they could help eliminate possible causes of observed quantum correlations as explored in Bell tests. So when they see quantum correlations, and I, I might mess this up, but I don't think I will. Basically, when they see quantum uh, components interacting with each other, they can't be sure on Earth if there is some sort of other reason for this happening or if it's a pure play, like actual um, fundamental of physics that's causing this to happen. So what they're gonna do is use other stars 
as sort of a testing location that takes Earth out of it. Pretty interesting research. Some staggering stats on American workers. A quarter of employed adults are paid wages that keep them below the poverty line. Below the poverty line, one quarter of adults. And these are the people who are working. A fifth of American children live in poverty. I think a lot of us knew that one, but it's worth repeating. It's crazy statistic. And nearly half of employed adults in the United States qualify for food stamps. Employed, this is employed adults. Almost half qualify for food stamps. That is unbelievable to me. China has collected the DNA of around 40 million people and considers potential threats, including, not going to pronounce this right, U-Y-G-H-U-R-S, Uyghurs, <clears throat> migrant workers, and college students. Yeah, got to watch those college students. How the wealthy talk to their children about money. Got a link there. It talks about that. This is information I think all parents should have. Many people are trading expensive weddings for group honeymoons and experiences rather than possessions, including diamond rings. A lot of people aren't doing diamond rings. So De Beers is freaking out and like launching up tons of campaigns to try and get them back to the, you know, 1950s through 70s mentality. There's a new virtual reality experience that takes you and your friends through evolution and it's getting a massive amount of buzz in like artistic, you know, film circles and stuff like that. Um, I can't remember the name of it, but I got the link here. It's something like we um, travel with we or something like that, but check out the link. It looked pretty compelling uh, in a YouTube video kind of preview or teaser. Entrepreneurs who rely on diverse networks of friends, acquaintances, and networking contacts for professional input are more innovative than those who just conduct consult their friends. This seems logical to me because you need many different disparate ideas. And when you have a small amount of ideas, which tend to be the same because they're your friends, you know, that's, you're not going to be exposed to lots of different options. So that makes sense. Sheriff Eli is a new Twitch streamer. He's actually a former cop. I think he was a former um, Texas Ranger or something like that, or, or Marshal or something, but uh, definitely a former cop of some sort. And he's role-playing being a cop in Grand Theft Auto, the online version. And he's like, this is a server that's a private server. You have to completely role-play your roles or you're not allowed on the server. And he just, just hams it up with his like Texas style. It, every, every time he's arresting someone or talking to someone, he's like just, you know, quipping about these various things. Uh, like the last time I, I saw a clip of it and he was like, you better take your ass on, on the world's smallest bicycle and, and drive your way out of here or something like that. I don't know. Plus you have the Texas accent, which I'm not going to do because I have friends in Texas and they don't want to hear that. But um, he's evidently making massive amounts of money doing it. And if you think this type of thing is weird, then you're like, you're, you're mentally inflexible. This is like a sign of 
of getting old in the brain. So you want to, you should check this out. This is the world that is coming, right? Influencers doing role-playing online, you know, playing in these different worlds, representing reality. You basically, you have real people playing bad guys and you have real people playing good guys and they're fighting each other in the game and they're providing value, especially the good guys. They're providing, they feel like they're doing a service for the world here. And in a world where you can't do a service to the world outside because AI and robots have basically taken all the jobs, you have to have a, an outlet to find meaning and, and provide value and feel good about yourself. And this is going to be one of the main, if not the main way of doing that, which is in game. So go and check this out. You, you'll see why he's popular. You see why so many people donate to him. You'll see why he's making massive amounts of money doing this way more. He made doing it being a cop. I guarantee you that, but, um, this is the future and you should go check it out. If you've not seen this world and, and how it works. Rich American retirees are hoarding their money instead of spending it out of fear, which is not good for the economy. They're basically not spending the money. They just put it in the bank. It's like trickle. It's like not trickle frozen trickle. That's what we'll call it. This uh, graphic novel was illustrated entirely using Microsoft paint and it's pretty remarkable. Got the link there. You should click through that. It's stunning what this person did with Microsoft paint. Ideas this week, restaurant pay kiosks are just outsourcing work to the customer. I hate those things. Can't stand them. At first I thought they were pretty cool. Then I realized that the company, the restaurant basically wanted to fire their workers, make way more profit, and then outsource the work that the waiters were doing to the customer. So now instead of going to relax and sit down and just chill, now I've got to touch on some screen that's like the nastiest thing you've ever seen. Like, let's get some scientists to do bacteria swabs on pay kiosks, because I guarantee you that's a nasty place to look. But the whole idea of them making more money, them, the restaurant, making more money by having the customer do the work, super annoying to me. I think I'm going to push back and basically say, hey, look, you know, here's my card you know, go pay for this. And I'm happy to tip more for the waiter, right? Because they're doing this work or whatever, probably shouldn't, but I'm happy to do that. And basically get the service that you're supposed to have instead of taking this, this burden because the restaurant's too cheap to hire waiters. Super annoying. Meaning anchors. I won't go into this one. It's kind of Interesting, a uh, little bit deep. Want to get through this one. So just check out the link. Leveraging the masses as a competitive advantage. This one is about basically when you have the bifurcation of the world into alphas and betas, I think one advantage, advantage one country is going to have, one economy is going to have versus another is being able to find creativity and harness creativity in the betas. Um, in the, the 95% or the 90% of everyone else who are basically stuck doing nothing because there's no work for them. But there, there are ways that they can be creative. There are ways to find talent and find creativity and find value in this massive group of people 
just because they can't do the things that the robots are doing or that the AI is doing, there's something that they can do. We could, we could turn them into influencers and artists and, and poets and all, all sorts of things. We just have to find how to harness that. And I think that the countries and the economies that do find out how to do that will have a massive advantage against those who just treat those people like, like discarding, right? Like, like debris, like something to be managed, but ignored and looked down upon. So that's what that was about. Criticism from both sides as an indicator of neutrality. So last week, I think it was last week, I did some sort of article about, um, I don't know what it was, but I think I might've mentioned something, maybe mentioned Trump or something. I get emails. I hate the fact that you're super conservative and blah, blah, blah. And it's obvious that you're so right wing and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, what? Then right in interspersed in those emails is someone's like, I can't believe you're so hyper liberal. I can't stand the liberals. And if you can't be a little more conservative, I'm not going to listen to you. I'm like, um, I just got massively attacked by both sides in equal numbers. So I feel like I'm doing pretty well. Uh, it seems like it's obvious that people who are creative and artistic have some sort of, of advantage going into the age of AI. But I would argue that it would be technical people with these skills and not necessarily pure artists in most cases. So basically in the short term, it's better to be technical with artistic capabilities. In the medium term, it will be good to be artistic. In the long term, AI is going to be better at both of them. So just a thought that I had. All IT jobs are cybersecurity jobs now. This was not my piece. It was someone else's piece I thought was interesting. And Rethink X is predicting, this is a think tank, they're predicting that autonomous vehicles will organize into fleets, starting with what they call transport as a service, TAS. And they see people not owning vehicles by 2030, which will save them around $5,600 annually, which will basically be like a 10% raise for most people. And they believe that this money will go back into the economy because this group of people will spend that money and it will raise the GDP. So basically they see trillions of dollars leaving the oil industry and moving to a new type of business opportunities and consumer spending because all that money will now be available. I thought it was really interesting analysis by Rethink X. And of course I have a link there. A key principle of Agile, this was uh, my buddy Sasha blogged about this. It was basically the, the core concept is stop starting and start finishing. So it's not about how many projects you have in motion. It's about how many projects you have finished. And that should be your primary metric when you're trying to do any sort of Agile approach to projects. Really good analysis. You should check it out. This essay talks about how in Chinese politics, it pays to be a boring speaker. The way they see it is if you're putting too much effort into a speech, trying to win people over to your position, must mean you're in a bad position and must mean you're weak. So they also see interesting statements. So any sort of prov 
provocative idea or new idea is a chance to make a mistake. So they basically don't say anything interesting and they keep their speeches boring and they do this on purpose because they want to remain low risk. Interesting. If you ever hear at work, what happens if you invest in an employee and they leave? Here's a great counter for you. What happens if you don't invest in them and they stay? And Kasparov thinks we should be talking less about lost jobs because of AI and more about human suffering. Absolutely agree with that. Discovery this week, got a GDPR privacy checklist from HelpNet Security. My Twitter friend, Mark Burnett, has done some frightening analysis on the privacy settings and how they manifest in actual behavior in Windows 10 Enterprise. It's really nasty stuff, like completely bare bones system with nothing on it and he's monitoring network connections. And it's just making like all these crazy network connections. You should check it out. He's got like a Twitter thread about it. It's really, really fantastic. Amazon has a new weekly book list that's based more on what people are actually reading instead of what was sold. The update command I use on my Ubuntu machines with a cool new addition of check restart. Check restart is a command. If you install Debian dash goodies, you get this command called check restart. Basically, after you do an apt update and apt upgrade, which by the way, you don't need to do apt get, you just do apt. Apt update, apt upgrade, switch Y if you want to just say yes to, to the things you need to update. If you run check restart after that, it will tell you if you need to restart any daemons as a result of the update, because you might not be in a secure or updated state until those daemons are restarted. So really cool tool. And I've built that into a, uh, an alias called update. So if you just run update using this alias, it will do all three apt update, apt upgrade, and then check restart. A European map of racial bias against blacks using the IAT scoring system. This is really cool. This IAT system is basically a bias checker. Uh, it checks unconscious bias, um, specifically in this case against black folks. And it's, it's hard to cheat it, right? I, I've never actually taken it fully, but um, the concept is so great. Like it's really hard to not find the bias when it's there. And this is basically a map of Europe that shows the relative scores. Really interesting way to visualize that sort of bias across uh, a geography. Why Amazon is eating the world. A great piece on what makes Amazon hard to copy. Wait But Why is a unique and interesting site that explains things using a combination of art and narrative. I just read their piece on Neuralink, which is the new Elon Musk project, and on AI advancement in general. And this site is fantastic. I love the way uh, they explain things and the way they visualize things with these cartoons. Cartoons are very similar to like XKCD, but it's tons of narrative explaining things rather than just visuals. Really deep explanations of, of complex topics like AI. A list of five finalists at Disrupt New York 2017. 
They include a metal 3D printing rig, a platform for rental terms and loans, encryption for big data, a mobile recording studio, and a mental health group chat platform. Some pretty cool startups there. Bertrand Russell's Nobel Prize acceptance speech called The Four Desires Driving All Human Behavior. I read this last night and it was spectacular. It, I just love Bertrand Russell. He's absolutely my, my favorite thinker. Some information on North Korea's Unit 180 Cyber Warfare Cell. Harvard Business Review takes a look at the economist or the economic disruption that will come from autonomous drones. A discussion of the difference between logs and metrics. A description of the internet and the blockchain. This is a really good explanation of the blockchain. A free, brief history of human, humankind course at Coursera. A security innovations guide to hacking iOS applications. And Wana Kiwi, automated Wana Decrypt with key recovery, if you're lucky. Which I think that's referring to if you have not rebooted, which there's some controversy around that, so you want to research that. Some notes. People are starting to send me stories to potentially include in the newsletter. If you have any that you would like me to include, definitely shoot them over and I will try to get them in. Also trying to control the size of this thing. Like this one is very long. I wish I could have got it smaller. I feel like that Mark Twain quote, if I had more time, I would have sent you a shorter letter. Uh, Daring Fireball and the Register linked to my piece about Google's AMP being a horrible attack on the internet. Got a link there to the Daring Fireball piece, which links to the Register piece, which links to my piece. Glad that wasn't convoluted. The Ethereum that I bought at $48, which I talked about two or three episodes ago, is now at like $150. And I haven't looked today. It's probably like, I don't know. I heard it was... Someone sent me some text about it, so I assume it's gone up even higher. Like I said, the, the cryptocurrencies are going crazy this week. I believe that there's a cryptocurrency conference coming up in New York, maybe next week. And maybe that's why the, the hype is, is hitting an all-time high. I, I don't know what the cause is, but good time to be in Ethereum, seems like. Today's edition of the newsletter has a ton of stories. If you have a second, hit reply and tell me if it's not enough, just right or too many. And uh, recommendations. If you use Ubuntu, change your workflows from app get to app cache search to just using apt. That's a really annoying one, apt cache search. So it's not even apt get search, it's apt dash cache space search to search. Well, now you don't have to do that. You just do apt space search. You could just use apt for everything. Apt install, apt search, apt remove, all that stuff. Way simpler, way better. And I already talked about the check restart one. So that's another recommendation. And if you know anyone who's thinking about doing a pen test or a bug bounty, show them this link, which is a link to my different assessment types to make sure they don't pick the wrong one and uh, end up wasting time or money or both. And the aphorism for this week, 
Nothing in the world's more exciting than the moment of a sudden discovery or invention. And many more people are capable of experiencing such moments than is sometimes thought by Bertrand Russell. Nothing in the world is more exciting than the moment of sudden discovery or invention. And many more people are capable of experiencing such moments than is sometimes thought. Bertrand Russell. That is it for this week. Thanks for listening and I will see you next week. All right. Thanks again for listening. And don't forget that you can get the show notes for this episode, including the links to everything mentioned in the companion newsletter at danielmiesler.com slash newsletter. And if you like the show, please share it with a friend or on social media. I'll see you next time.